Thank you for tuning in. My name is Frankie Mazapika. The title of my message is Levels of Faith. Levels of Faith. Everybody say that with me. Levels of Faith. One, two, three. One, two, three. You sound good. Uh, just so we're all working with the same definition, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, and in verse 6, it says what faith is. In verse 1, it says this, that faith is being sure of what you cannot see and certain of what you hope for. How many are sure that there is oxygen in front of your face even though you can't see it? Raise your hand at me. Say whoop! Thank you, all three of you. I'll think of something different to say in a minute. But you can't see it, but you're sure it's there. A lot of people say, I don't believe in God because no one's ever seen Him. Okay, well, there's people that would also say that if you don't believe in oxygen, do you believe in oxygen? Because you can't see oxygen either. Do you believe in sound waves? But also in verse 6, it says this, that... No man can please God without faith. And then it defines faith once again. Faith is being sure that he's there. And believing that those who pursue him will be rewarded. So what are those three things or four things? Faith is being certain of what I cannot see is there. And being sure of what I hope for will happen. We all hope that the sun will rise in the morning. We know that it will rise in the morning. We have faith in the sun. And it's also saying, I believe that you're there and I believe that when I pursue you, you're going to take care of me. That's faith. There's four different levels of faith. The first level is called weak faith. We can read about it in um, uh, Mark chapter 9 when a man came up to Jesus and he said my son has a demon how did he know his son had a demon because ever since he was just a little boy he would fall down and go into seizures and grit his teeth and then stand up and go throw himself in fire or he would run and throw himself in, in water to try to kill himself and grind his teeth in saliva all over the place. And so he came up to Jesus and he said, if you can, everybody say, if you can on three, real loud, one, two, three. Look at the person next to you and say, I didn't hear you, so now we got to do it again. Go ahead. All right, one, two, three, if you can, one, two, three. Oh, you sound good. If you can. He came up to Jesus and said, if you can heal my son, will you? And he did. But let's look at the level of faith. He was not even sure that Jesus could. That is a very weak level of faith. I went to uh, Costa Rica um, about six or seven months ago. I've been a few times this year, but six or seven months ago on this particular trip that I'm going to tell you about with Luke and Serena King. And we were out in the street and there were, we, we, we rented a bus and, and bought a bunch of groceries and we stood outside and, and we just started passing out groceries. 
And after we ran out of groceries, I stood up on the step of the truck and through an interpreter, of course, and I said, we do not have any more food. But Jesus is here. And he can heal anyone here who needs a healing. These people are very, very poor. That's why they're standing in line for a bag of groceries. They don't have medical insurance. They don't have Medicare. They don't have access to a doctor. They don't pay a copay. They don't have these. They can't, they can't afford medication. And so I said to this group of people, about 50, I said, Who here needs a healing? Not one raised their hand. Not one. And I'm looking, and I'm like, who here's a liar? <laughs> no, I didn't say that. But not one person raised their hand. And then it dawned on me. They need a healing, but they don't know who I am. They have no idea who I am. They don't know if I'm a Christian, if I'm not a Christian, and most of, it's been my experience, it may not be true, but most of Costa Rica, they're all Catholics. So they've never seen a miracle. They've heard about them. They've never seen one. And so uh, there are Catholics that have seen miracles, but I'm just telling you, those 50 people, they do not, but the 50 people I was looking at, they do, there's no way they believed in any kind of a miracle. Not one person raised their hand. So I saw a guy over to the left, and he was obviously blind. And so I said, well, I know one person here needs a miracle. I'm looking at him. So I call him over. I'm like, let's pray for him. And so they're all like, yeah, let's do that. I'm thinking and they're thinking, if this guy gets healed of blindness, then, I'll, then I want to be prayed for. So I laid my hands on him and I whispered to the Lord, God, this is a big moment. <laughs> this is a big moment. I don't have any power to heal at all. I can just call on Jesus and, and believe that he will. So I lay my hands on his eyes and, um, and then all of a sudden he, I, I say amen. He's still blind as a bat. So I thought, well, Jesus prayed for a blind man one time, and he only got partial healing, and so he had to pray again. If the Son of God had to pray two times, I at least need to pray four or five times if it doesn't happen. So I prayed for him again. Still, blind as a bat. Now, in full transparency, on the back of my shirt, there was this circle of sweat. Immediately. I'm getting cotton mouth. I'm like, God... I've seen you do miracles in our church every single Sunday. We need this one. This is an important one. Pray for him a third time. All of a sudden, he drops his head and he starts crying. He's crying, and I'm like, thank you, Jesus, because that's a sign of someone being touched by the Lord. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. I don't speak Spanish, but I just said out loud, he's being healed right now. I wasn't entirely sure, but I'm like, he's crying, he's feeling the presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord knows what we need, and he's feeling the presence of the Lord. Surely he's not going to show up and move on him and then say, but I'm not going to do that. So I said, he's being healed. Nobody got excited. He put his head, his head up, 
And all of a sudden he started smiling and he started pointing at friends that he hasn't seen in, in years. In probably 20 years, he's pointing at friends. Put your hands together for that. And I said, has anyone else need to be healed? All of a sudden, hands started going up like crazy. But remember how, what the level of faith was on that street before he was healed. It was weak. I don't know that God can. I don't know that he can. When I called the guy over, I don't even know if he was a Christian or not. He's a Christian now. See, some people need to see the power of God move before they follow him. It's unfortunate, but it is a reality. But Jesus is happy to move. If that's what it takes, he's happy to do it. I think every person we prayed for that day was healed. Usually at Celebration Church, 50% of the people we pray for every Sunday get healed. That, that day, for whatever reason, I thank God for it, 100% of the people we prayed for got healed that day. Would you put your hands together? It's beautiful. If you are in a situation where you're like, I don't know if God can, that is the weakest faith you can have. And he still did a miracle. Let's be abundantly clear. The more faith you have, the more you will see. The more faith you have, the more ex miracles you will experience, both financial, marital, relational, with your children. The more faith you have, but he uses the faith you do have. He doesn't look at you and go, nah, you should have four, level four faith. You have level one faith. Next. When you pray for a person and they say, I don't know. And then you say, well, do you believe? And they go, I'm trying to believe. That should not bother you. I didn't ask the guy who was blind. Do you believe that God can heal you? Do you believe that Jesus can heal you? I could tell by looking at him, he did not believe it. He came over like this, and people had to help him over. He was standing like this. He wasn't even praying with me. I know that bothers your theology, but you just have to understand, even though he didn't know Jesus, Jesus knew him. Put your hands together for that. Jesus knew him. Second level of faith, there's four. Second level of faith is in Mark chapter 1. The first one was in Mark 9. The second one is, is Mark 1. Uh, Jesus was walking along and a man with leprosy came up and said, Jesus, if you will, will you heal me? No, he said this, if you are willing, will you heal me? So the first person, the father with the demon-possessed son, he said, if you can. The person with leprosy knew that he could, he just didn't know if he would do it for him. Uh, how many of us, and my hand is up, how many of us can look at someone square in the eye and say, God will take care of you, just have faith. But then when we're home by ourselves and all hell is breaking loose and you think you're going to fall apart, you look at yourself and say, just have faith. God's going to take care of you. It's a lot easier to believe that God's going to move in someone else's life. It's sometimes hard to believe that God will move in your own life. If you agree with that, say yes. Sometimes that's hard. If it's not hard for you, then you're awesome. It's, it's hard for me sometimes. 
So he comes up to him uh, and says, I have leprosy. The skin is falling off my hands. Fingers are falling off my body. If you are willing, will you heal me? And Jesus said, you don't have enough faith. Get out of here. He said, absolutely. I am willing. And he was healed. First level of faith, God healed him. Can you? Second level of faith, will you? And God healed him. The more faith you have, the more you will see. But God uses the amount of faith you do have. Are you with me? Shout yes. yes. Shout yes. 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 Alright. Number three. Third level of faith. It's not weak faith. It's not a little faith. It's great faith. Some of you are like, if that's great faith and that's level three, where are you going level four? You've got to wait. <laughs> great faith. Uh, Mark chapter five. Uh, Jesus is walking along and there's a guy who's blind on the side of the road. How many of you have ever tried to, you want to listen to something and you want to hear it clearly so you close your eyes? The reason for that is instinctually we know that when one of our five senses is shut down, the other four elevate. So people who are blind, they can hear extremely well and they know when something unusual is happening. Blind Bartimaeus has been sitting on the side of the road for only God knows how long. He's been there probably his whole life. But he hears a ruckus going on. That's an unusual ruckus. He leans over and says, what's going on? And someone tells him, oh, it's Jesus with his followers. Christians make an unusual ruckus. It's unusual. Like you walk into a room, if you're a visitor, I know exactly where you're at. You walk into a room and you're like, what's going on in here? And everybody's got their eyes closed and their hands raised. It's like, what are you guys doing? You guys weird or what? Sometimes when we pray, we squint our eyes really, really, really tight. And if you're a, if you're a visitor, you're like, you don't have to squeeze them that tight, I don't think. Christians have, and then there's some people that are not just Christian, they're like, saved but oversaved. You know what I mean? It's just like if you say, oh, I lost my keys. It's like, as long as you don't lose your soul. Christians have a, a tendency to just be a little bit different. And he could hear this, this rocket. What's going on over here? It, it, there's something going on over here. Someone leans over and says, it's Jesus. And, and those are his followers. He's coming down the street. Well, somebody at some point told him about Jesus. So he knew he had heard the testimony before. That's why it's so important to share your testimony. Almost every Sunday when we pray for healing, I say, please email us your testimony. There's people online who send in the testimony because they get healed while watching the show. Send the testimony. Why? Because the testimony encourages us, especially me. So the blind Bartimaeus, that's his name, Bartimaeus, somebody told him that Jesus heals people. So his faith goes up. But it doesn't go to weak faith. Can you? 
He already knows he can. Somebody told him. It's not it. Um, uh, uh, what's the next one? What? It's not willing faith. For some reason, he just knows that if he can get his attention, he heals everyone. So he needs to get his attention because he's heard that he heals everyone he comes across. Some of you may say, I don't know if he heals everyone. Please, I beg you, answer that question on your own. Go read the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Your brain will explode. In John chapter 21, verse 25, John said this, and Jesus did many more things than these. If we would have written down everything that he did, I suppose the entire earth could not contain the books that would be written. Everywhere Jesus went, he was healing people and telling people the kingdom of God is near. They're getting healed all the time. And so he heard about it. He said, Jesus, the son of David. He started calling on, have mercy on me. And in that big crowd of people and all the ruckus, Jesus said, who's calling? Who, who is that? See, there's something about a desperate cry that rings differently in the ears of the Lord. If you're desperate, if you have a desperate need, oh my goodness, all the sounds of earth cannot cover up your prayer. Those desperate prayers, God, I need you. Nothing, 1,400 blazing trumpets could not cover up your voice. And so he says, bring him over here. And he heals him. Now watch this. Actually, in full, in full transparency, that was not great faith. That was not the story for great faith. I just went to number four. That is reckless faith. The guy was crazy. So there I got ahead of myself on accident. So now I got to go tell you about great faith. So level one is weak faith. <laughs> level two is a little bit of faith. Level three, great faith. I'll tell you about that one right now. And, but then level four is reckless faith. When you just, you've received a revelation and you go crazy about that. Allie, remind me to talk about a revelation if I have time, okay? If I run out of time, I won't be able to, to, to share that. Let's go to great faith. The one in the middle. This is where I live. I wish I could tell you as your pastor that I'm always in great faith level four. Where I'm always like, Jesus, I know you're going to do it. I'm usually in level three. And I spike to level four. I live in great faith, not reckless faith. Hopefully I'll get there one day. I live in great faith. Here's an example of great faith. Great faith is in Mark chapter five. Reckless faith is in Mark chapter 10. Great faith is the woman with the issue of blood. She too had heard the testimony of what Jesus can do and what he's willing to do. So now she doesn't have can-do faith, willing faith. She has great faith, number three. And what she says, she goes this. She says this. If I can go touch him, I know he will touch me. If I can touch the hem of his clothes, 
I know his healing will heal me. So the onus, the responsibility is on her to provoke the healing. The way I live is the knowing that I can provoke him to do what he has already promised he wants to do. Let me unpack that. James 5.16 says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. It weighs heavily with God. Fervent prayers capture the attention of God. Knowing that, I say to myself, self, if I pray fervently, then I will have his attention. If I can pray fervently, then he will do what he does. So when I pray, I don't pray, Lord, if you're willing. I don't pray, God, if you can. I don't pray if it's your timing. That doesn't sound fervent to me. Maybe it does you. This is a fervent prayer. I need some help. You are holding stars in the balance. You have named every star. You have thrown every planet that exists and put a loop around some. With all the power that you have, I need you to arrange some things in my life. And I need you to do it now. Are you with me? Say yes. yes. I know only you can orchestrate my life, so get to orchestrating. I love you. I honor you. I surrender my life to you, but I need you to get involved yesterday. That's a fervent prayer. Some of you say, well, I don't pray like that. Learn. Learn. Well, I, all those words that you said, I can't put that together. Let me help you with that. The most powerful word you can say when you pray is Jesus. So just say that 997,000 times. But when you say it, say it fervently. Jesus, 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 Jesus. He'll fill in the blanks. Are you with me? Say yes. Weak faith. So weak, can you? And he still does. Will you? I've healed everybody else. Why wouldn't I heal you? I don't know. I'm just unsure. He still does. Great faith. If I can do my part, will he do his? Yes. Reckless faith. Jesus! And just reckless faith is the category of people that have totally undone themselves with, with all pride that they've ever had. They do not have any pride anymore. They, they have lost all dignity because of the level of desperation that they have. They are all in. And you know these people when you see them. Are you with me? Say yes. You know these are you. You go. You think to yourself, you are all in. 
again, I want to be there, but I live and I have spikes in those moments. Usually while I'm preaching or I'm talking to somebody about Jesus, I'll spike up there. My faith starts building and building and building and building and building and building. And I get more and more and more and more and more and more aggressive with it. But I live in great faith. I put the responsibility on me. We cannot be disappointed in God if we refuse to pray. If praying is not a practice in our life, we will not see the miracles of God as regularly as we could. So I encourage you, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, don't ever stop praying. Pray in the morning, pray in the afternoon, pray in your head, pray in your heart, pray out loud, pray it quietly, but don't ever stop praying. Would you put your hands together for that? Don't ever stop. I want to show you uh, a miracle that happened recently right here in the church. Uh, take a look at this. I was um, in church last Sunday, and at the end of service, the pastor asked, it was actually um, when I thought everybody was almost done praying at the very end, he asked if there was somebody that had been having some problems with their esophagus. And um, I knew he was talking about me because just that week I had tried to swallow some food and man, it just got stuck and I couldn't wash it down with water. I couldn't, I was afraid to eat anything else, but it just really was causing a lot of pain trying to get that food down into my stomach. And um, that's not the first time it had happened. This had been going on for years with me. When he said, is there somebody that, you know, has been having esophageal problems? I knew it was me. I raised my hand. He looked at me. He said, okay, come on up here. I want to pray for you. And I went up, and um, as I, he was praying for me, I just felt Holy Spirit come over me. My knees kind of got weak, and I just felt, it just felt like water or oil washing over me and I just you know I knew that the Lord was touching me and that he was healing me and since then I've not had any more problems you know swallowing or any pain in my esophagus at all and I'm just I just praise God and I'm so grateful that God is so good I was just sitting down watching the video, just like all of you. And um, I asked the Lord, what do you want to do? I know I, I don't have notes when I come up here, but hopefully while watching me, you can tell that I've studied really hard. But at this point of the service, there is no studying, there's no preparation. Because I asked the Lord in the moment, what do you want to do? And what I believe he wants to do right now is 
to do something in a way that we've never done it ever. And I just want to tell you right now, the end, some of you go to two services and I love you for it. Some of you were in the first service and you come in the second service because you can't get enough. You can testify that this is not how the first service ended. But I believe that there are going to be three categories of miracles. Miracles that are going to take place. The first one is in a person's heart. The second one is in a person's marriage. And the third person is in a person's body. Miracles. Heart, marriage, body. Three different categories. The first one is there's someone in this room, and it may only be one, that you know that if your heart were to stop beating in the next five minutes you know you don't know where you'd spend eternity. You don't know how your heart started beating, and you don't know when it's going to take its last beat. But if it were to stop in the next five minutes, you don't know. And this is why it would be a miracle for you to say, Lord, I'm sorry for my sins. You're the Lord of my life from this moment forward. The reason why that would be a miracle is because people in your life have been talking to you for a long time about this and it hasn't moved the needle at all. It doesn't make you get more passionate. It doesn't make you want to be a better Christian. It doesn't make you want to do better. It doesn't make you want to pray doesn't matter how many times you've heard it it hasn't moved you at all but right now it's not someone talking to you in a moment if it hasn't happened already the miracle will happen where you feel the spirit of the Lord tug your heart All of a sudden, you want him. And and if that miracle happens to you, when I tell everybody to stand up for you, I just want you to walk right down here to the front. Say, I'm not doing that. The Bible says that if you're ashamed of him in front of people, He'll be ashamed of you in front of the Father. This is why it's a miracle. Because the hearts with the greatest amount of pride, gone. It's a miracle. It's an absolute miracle. Raise your hand if the Lord did that to you and you know you are an absolute miracle. Raise your hand. Because your old you was like Scrooge, I wanted to say Scrooge McDuck, but he wasn't a duck. Was he a duck? Yeah. The old you was just a nasty, ugly person. And when you made that decision, everything changed. The second miracle is your marriage. 
If you're sitting next to your spouse and your marriage is poor, this entire morning has been awkward because you don't even want to be sitting next to that person. And right now it's very awkward because I'm talking about it. There's going to be some of you that after I get done praying, your heart is just going to melt. And you can't control what your spouse is going to do. You have no idea what your spouse is going to do. You don't know if God's touched your spouse or not, but you know he's touched you. And now you are humble and you're meek and you're sorry for the things that you've done and you're patient with the things that they've done. That's a miracle. And you're willing to keep on trying. That's a miracle. And if that's you in this room, when I get done praying and everybody stands up, I want you to come out of your seat along with the people that experienced the first miracle. And then the third miracle, there's some of you, you will feel the virtue of God. It might be tingling. It might be heat. It might be cold. You might feel something on the inside of you. Or all of a sudden you can move like you couldn't move before. The minute you know that you've been healed, I want you to come out of your seat. But first I'm gonna pray. I don't want anyone to come down until I say amen. And when I say amen, I want everyone to stand. And that's when I believe that the Lord's virtue will move through this room. All three of these are miracles. If nobody comes down, that means nothing that I said happened. Let's see what God does. Jesus. Celebration, there's sometimes I feel his presence. And I feel it right now. It's like it just grazes past my face and the hair on my body stands up on end. It's almost like goosebumps and some of you feel that. Jesus. Holy Spirit. If you feel his presence, 
the way I just described in any way. If you feel yourself getting emotional or you feel yourself getting tingly or hair on your face or your arms standing, when everyone else comes down, you come down too. Because the Lord's touching you. On the count of three, I'm going to say stand up. And if the Lord is touching you in any way that I described over the last few minutes, don't look around because you might be the only one. Just come down as fast as you can. Holy Spirit, once again, stand if the Lord's touch you come out of your seat as fast as you come down and come down as close as you can don't stand halfway to the altar all the way as close as you can move as fast as you can if you're not coming out of your seat this is a holy moment just raise your hands right where you're at because the Lord's doing something special in these lives raise your hands right where you're at Some of you felt the virtue of God and you did not come out of your seat. This has nothing to do with me, but I'm just going to tell you now. When you do not respond, when the Lord touches you, you will feel it less and less. You will feel it less and less. If you respond the moment he touches you, you will begin to feel it more and more. The decision is on you. If you want to say, dear God, I think that was you. If it was you, do it again. Don't play that game with him. Don't play that game with him. You know if the Lord touched you. I don't want you to make, I don't want to make anyone feel bad. But I'm telling you, you will feel it more and more if you respond. You will feel it less and less if you don't. And he's not upset with you for not responding immediately. But now that you know what I just said, now you're responsible for it. Come as close as you can. Come as close as you can. There's some people still in the aisles because there's so many people. I need you really tight. Come as close as you can. I'm going to ask for the Lord to move again. And if you feel him in any way, Sickness come out of them now in the name of Jesus. Sickness in the name of Jesus. Pastor Dwayne, can you help her? Ushers, I need your help, please. Sickness in the name of Jesus. Leave these bodies now. You know if the Lord is touching you. Leave these bodies now in the name of Jesus. Put your hands out like this. Everyone in the room, even if you're down here. If you want them to touch you in the way that you're thinking, just ask for it. Ask for it out loud. 
doesn't have to be super loud, just as loud enough for you to hear your own voice, even if it's a whisper. But if he answers your prayer, come out of that seat. Everybody say, Lord, touch me now. Heal me now. Say it, heal me now. Even if you don't need a healing, say it out loud. Heal me now. Because he might heal your heart and you don't know it. Say, heal me now. Holy Spirit, answer their prayer. I'm just going to stop talking just for a minute, and I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit work. Everybody just put your hands out. Lift up your chin. Close your eyes. Visualize his face. He's the one with the power. I don't have anything. I'm just going to be quiet for a few minutes and just let the Lord and the Holy Spirit work on you. Some of you are, are crying because he's touching your spirit. That's beautiful. In the name of Jesus. If you're in the crowd and you're crying, that means he's touching you. Come out of your seat. He's touching you. He's touching you. If you're crying, he's touching you. There's no pollen in this room. There's no dust in this room. That's the Lord. That's the Lord. That's it. That's the Lord touching you. Chin up, eyes closed. To the best of your ability, visualize his face. Spirit move again. I just want to know, I'm learning just like you're learning. I'm learning in I'm learning, but if you're looking at me, I'm learning before your eyes. Because I know very, very little about the Holy Spirit. What I do know I'm sharing with you, but it's very little. So I'm learning before your eyes. I want to see what the Holy Spirit will do if I ask him to move again. I won't know if he's doing anything unless you come down. I'm learning with you. With your eyes closed and your hands out. If you feel this presence of the Lord brush by you. If you feel his healing virtue in your body. 
I want you to come out of your seat. I just want to know what will happen if I ask again. Spirit of the Lord, just move through this place. Once more. Once more. Put your hands at your side, everyone. I want to just look at the people at the altar right now. I want to know why you're down here. So I'm going to go in those three categories. There's actually four categories. When I get to your category, just put your hands over your head and go like this. I'm not going to bring you on the stage. I just want to know. Remember, you're in church, so don't lie. But raise them up real high and go like this when I get to your category. You came down here because the Lord did a miracle in your heart. And when you came down here, you asked God to forgive you and you made him the savior of your life. Put your hands over your head and wave it. Both hands, both hands. One, two, three, four. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. Now, the room is very dark, and this is the most sensitive category. But I want you to be courageous enough to encourage me. I don't know what God did. I can't see him with my physical eyes. But if he did a miracle in your heart regarding your marriage... Nobody can, nobody can see you. They're all behind you. They can't see through your head. You got hair covering up your head, and you ought to be, thank God for it. But I want you to put both hands over your head and wave it. If God did a miracle in your heart about your marriage... Some of you put your hands in the air like this, and some of you went like this. Some of you went like this. This was the one I was looking for. That's what I want right now if you received a healing, a physical healing in your body. Raise your hands over your head. Go like this. Do it again. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. For those of you that are skeptical, that doesn't mean that you're evil or sinful. That just means that you're a logical thinking person and you need some more data. Just keep coming. The Lord will give it to you. 
as of right now, just say, I hope it's real. That's all you got to do, just say, I hope it's real. It's real. Otherwise, we'd run, we can't do a testimony of people getting healed every single Sunday if it's not real. It's real, but I get it. I get it. I know what kind of community I live in. When people, their love language is data, 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 data. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. No worries. 16 people just got healed. That was the third category. The fourth category was a throw-in category because the Lord started doing something that I wasn't anticipating. It wasn't a healing in your heart for salvation. It wasn't your marriage. It wasn't a physical healing. He just came by and just touched you. And you knew he was touching you because you got emotional. You knew that he touched you because all of a sudden the hair on your arm stood up. You knew that he touched you because you started feeling heat or tingling. You knew that he touched you not because of one of the things I just said. Something else happened and you know it was him. Would you put both hands over your head really high if that happened to you? Let's raise both hands. I kept you late, but the Lord wanted to. I told you we've never done this before. Jesus, we love you. Come on, raise your hand. Tell them you love them. Everyone on three. One, two, three. I love you, Jesus. Say it like ten times in a row. One, two, three. Jesus, I love you. I love you. Come on, raise your voice. I love you. I love you. I love you. Picture his face. I love you. 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 May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine down upon you and be gracious to you. May his countenance be lifted up on you and bring you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.